Usually on Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures, I always consciously try not to talk about what's going on in the world at the moment because I plan on these podcasts to be timeless. So our episodes could be accessed in the year 2082 and they won't feel like we're speaking out of 2020. Or 2021. Yeah, Yeah. okay, I really messed that up. (laughs) So there you go. It is timeless. I don't even know what year we're in. Exactly. So um, I also realized you can't escape the place you're in. So we are doing this podcast right now, just before New Year's, and also in the midst of a pandemic rising, which is what I would call this, uh, if I was going to make a movie about the pandemic. Well, I could call it pandemic rising. Pandemic rising? rising? I think I'd... I'd pay money to see it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's another idea. (laughs) Spinoff. This song is kind of a fitting start to a new year. King of Wishful Thinking. We're doing Go West, King of Wishful Thinking. I I also like that we we try to create so much tension before we announce what song we're doing. But if you're listening to this podcast, you've clicked on the title, and it's clearly in the title, the name of the song. I don't know if we're trying to surprise you or not, yeah. but we're, we're very bad at surprises. Anyways, yes, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Big song in the 90s. 1990 to be specific. So this is just as we come into the decade, this gets released. Should we talk a bit about Go West? British band had no idea they were from the UK until I looked it up on Wikipedia earlier today. Peter Cox is kind of the uh, the lead guy, the lead singer, and and uh, his, uh, his bandmate Richard Drummy, who you would think would be playing the drums, but no, rhythm, guitar, and backing vocals. And it's Cox who plays the drums. Well, in in the video for the song, I don't know if he does in... I'm sure he's got the chops to, to, to play the drums. He does the drum programming. Oh, okay. So in this song, it's not actual drumming from what I can gather, but it's, well, it's programmed drums, which is a very 80s thing. It's like the synth of drums, right? It's the synth of drums, okay. exactly. <laughs> So this is very exciting. Yeah. I was going to try to not say synth once this episode. <laughs> there, that. Oh, it's impossible for us not to talk about the synths. Yeah. So um, the Go West was big on MTV when they started. That's actually where they kind of hit it kind of big right away. It's really? their debut album. They had about, I saw two or three videos that I watched oh, okay. this week. And all of them are pretty inventive for its time. Okay. And so one was called We Close Our Eyes. That was their opening uh, yeah, single. Yeah. yeah. The video was really cool. Okay. He's hitting part of the screen with a wrench and it would go back and forth and okay. up and down. How weird. Yeah. And then the other one, Call Me, was kind of an interesting video. They're kind of playing with, felt like people were floating, but that's at least the feel I got. And then there's another one where people just kept being covered in paint. Oh, okay. I mean, the video for this song, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, is a- uh, Oh, yeah. It's- Interesting as well. Iconic. Yeah. (laughs) Lots going on. 
So it comes out 1990, uh, <laughs> released on the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Yeah, and it was a big song on the on the Pretty. It was the the song that's playing in the opening credits. You know, when Julia Roberts and Richard Gere's name are, are are coming up, and when Jason Alexander's name is coming up, like that. That's this is the song that's playing while the credits are going. And when it's going during the credits, they actually just play the song, so you don't have it playing in the background, which yeah. is a lucky thing for the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of trivia for you. Robert Palmer was paid a ton of money to put a song on this album. I think it was called Life in Detail. And they thought it would be like Addicted to Love Part 2. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out it wasn't. So King of Wishful Thinking got the push. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were anticipating Robert Palmer being the big thing. Yeah. Not so much. Well, he was a big swinger back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, right? So So they kind of put their money on him, but it hadn't been Go West that hit the home run there. Well, they they picked a great song for the opening credits. This yeah. is a, a great way to introduce a, a movie here, I think. Yeah. Yeah, King of Wishful Thinking, a great way to introduce a movie about a down-on-her-luck prostitute who gets paid $3,000 by a um, tycoon to... Uh, Companion him. Yeah. I never saw Pretty Woman. No? No. Was it... Also in your household, like the same sort of uh, scenario oh, as Dirty Dancing? My goodness. Dirty Dancing would seem more like Bambi compared to Pretty Woman. <laughs> there was no way we were ever well, going to watch Pretty Woman. Well, you haven't actually seen Pretty Woman. I've never seen it. But just reading the synopsis is like, yeah. he sounds like a bad guy. Is he a bad guy in the movie? He's buying people's businesses, right? Yeah. No, he's a... Uh... He has a change of heart at the end. One of the taglines for, for the movie was... Uh... She's a hooker with a heart of gold. And I, I don't think hooker's a proper term these days. I think a, a sex worker would be a little more accurate. But yeah, so so she has a good heart about her. And then she convinces him to change his ways. And instead of buying up companies and, and tearing them down for profits, he ends up buying them or buying a company or something like that. It's been a long time since my sister made me watch this movie. And then like, you know, keep the people employed and keep the jobs and keep the company rolling uh, that way because of uh, her influence. Oh, good. Uh, Uh, A change of conscience maybe he had. Does she get a change of occupation? It's implied at the end. Uh, I hope there aren't any spoiler alerts here, but um, yeah, at the end, he's the knight in shining armor as he rides to her apartment in his limo with a bouquet of flowers in hand. and, And so it's implied that, you know, they live happily ever after. Okay, well, thanks. Now I don't have to see the movie. I think I'll just rewatch Dirty Dancing. From what I remember, again, from when my sister made me watch it, it was, uh, wasn't was a terrible movie. It was, I mean, it's it's one of those iconic movies you kind of have to watch, I think. Well, that's debatable. Yeah, okay. okay that's our we'll, we'll, we'll debate that later then. Yeah. These are the debates we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what movie that your sister made you watch do you think is the the most important movie of the 90s? Um, so it's an easy to listen to song. Yeah. I've kind of struggled somewhat. Uh, the more I listen to it, sometimes I just kind of get lost and thought I enjoy it. But then the song's suddenly over. Yeah. And I haven't been paying close attention. I don't want to say it just sits there, but it it's easy to... Oh, um, I'm gonna. I'm just saying terrible things, or n- not terrible things, but it's innocuous. It, there, there's nothing really standout-ish about it. Mm-hmm. But it's still like every time it comes on, just like, oh yeah, this song is awesome. It's it's great. But when it's done, you you've already moved on to the next one. It fits right in its time, mm-hmm. 1990. Yeah. And we got this. Uh, I read this 
uh, comment on YouTube. Some guy had said that you're witnessing the changeover from the 80s to the 90s in the video in particular, but the song kind of represents it because it's a little different from what we would get in the 80s. Yeah. But it's also moving towards something else. I mean, within two years, the 90s to us, at least, looks like a totally different sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. And well, in, in two years from uh, from when this song came out on the Pretty Woman soundtrack is when the album, Go West third album, Indian Summer, came out. Yeah. That was a bit of a misstep by them, perhaps, that they didn't have a, an album to follow up on on the single because... Uh, I think they they missed out on on a chance to to sell some records here. Yeah. Richard Gere would have capitalized on it. Well, yeah, exactly. Either way, <laughs> either as tycoon or reformed businessman business with a heart man, of gold. Yeah. But I, I mean, I will say the the second single from this album, Faithful, was uh, it was another great song. Same co-writer. Oh, okay, yeah. So this yeah. is the key to the song, I think, in a lot of ways. Although the early Go West songs are good, they're just mm-hmm. very different. Yep. This one they had Martin Page on it. Yes. And Martin Page co-writer of We Built the City by Starship and oh, no. These Dreams oh. by Heart. Okay. Yeah, so he co-wrote Faithful. One's a swing and, and a miss and <laughs> one's, a, one, one's, a, one's a solid double. We are definitely doing We Built the City now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. We this don't might be this. another disagreement episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this will be... We'll need to bring in a therapist on this yeah. one, I think. All right. We have the 90s transition going on and Pretty Woman's a huge soundtrack. Yeah. It's got a, interestingly, oh, now I get what happened in the video. What's that? Roy Orbison's in the video. Yeah, yeah. Because of Pretty Woman. Yeah. Well, now it all makes sense. Yeah, he's on a boat in the video, if I remember, right? Something like that? Yeah, Yeah. and he had just passed away. Yeah, yeah. When did he, did he pass away in 88? Or, yeah, or not 89, one of the two. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh, uh, gee, the little cold guys. Yeah. Is it? Well, Richard Gere's character might have decided. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that cold-hearted businessman. <laughs> Let's use Roy in this video. So the song itself, uh, thematically, yep. do we want to talk about the theme of it? Pretty straightforward, I think. Being the, the king of wishful thinking? Yeah. It's a getting over a girl song. Yeah. I think the guy's singing it to himself because he's trying to convince himself, right? And so my question I have written down here is, does he fool himself? Because he doesn't say convince myself, he says fool myself. Well, yeah, exactly, because uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. I guess you can fool yourself and not convince yourself, right? Because, right. like, if you're fooling yourself, you still, you're not over the girl, you're just telling yourself that you are, right? But if you can fool yourself, then I suppose you have convinced yourself. No. Being a convincing fool, yeah, okay, maybe, I don't know. These are philosophical questions. I'm really not uh, prepared to answer. Okay, I apologize for bringing bringing the heavyweight questions. Yeah, was <laughs> this Plato? Do you have a favorite lyric? Uh favorite lyric? I. Well, it's kind of tough because the song kind of could just kind of goes there, and then it, in some ways, it disappears. It, it, yeah, and it, and it's very repetitive, right? I'll get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend my ship's not sinking. I, I like that lyric, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. um, but there's also the I'll get over you. I, I know I will. You made a hole in my heart, but I won't shed a tear for you. Like it, it's, it's all, 
the, the verses and choruses just sort of repeat on on each other. But yeah, I really like that line. I'll pretend my ship's not sinking. It's like one of those. Uh, I know Titanic didn't come out for another uh, another seven years or whatever it was, but like, just oh no 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 no, we're fine. We're we're not going down. Like we're we'll we'll, we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, that's the fool part there. So if you had been music producer for the Titanic you would have altered the script. So when Leonardo DiCaprio gets up at the front of the ship, the bow, I believe, yeah, he would have said, I'm the king of wishful thinking. Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. why I'm a better, I'd be a better movie director than James Cameron. My favorite line is, I don't know why I keep coming back to it, but it's, I refuse to give in to my blues. I think okay. there's something about the the rhyming of it that makes <laughs> me kind of laugh. Yeah. That's not how it's going to be. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I just think about how they write the lyrics to these songs. So, Because to me, if I put that on paper, I don't know how I, I, I wouldn't think that would work. Yeah. It works in the song. Oh, it, it definitely works in the song. Yeah. She made a hole in his heart. Yeah. Wow. Gee. It's, he's he is not he's not convinced. Yeah. He's just fooling himself. But the feel of the music, like the happiness of it. Yeah, which doesn't lend itself to the to the lyrics, right? Like it's. Uh, but I guess that's that's part of him trying to fool himself. He's trying to. It's he's telling himself that he's happy, right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm happy. Well, let's you know. see. Here's a little test to see if he's convinced himself. Yeah. When you listen to the song, mm-hmm. outside of now, just thinking philosophically yeah. about where Go West is going with this. Well, they're going west. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let me try that again. <laughs> so, when you think about the song, when you heard the song for the last 31 years, yeah. Did you ever think at the end, oh, man, that's sad? No. Never. Never. So he convinced us. So if he can convince us. I don't us. think I ever really listened to the lyrics yeah. too much. No, I, no, it's true. I, I, I have listened to the lyrics and, and knowing just like, I'll get over you. I know, like, uh, at first I thought it was maybe a song of optimism. Just like, I have a brighter future ahead of me. Yeah. But when you jump into it, it's just like he's trying to convince himself that he has a brighter future ahead of him, but he's not over her. No. No. He's just the king of wishful thinking. He's just hoping that he'll get over her. Feels like we're kind of circling around our own lives here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we've both been kings of wishful thinking at one point or another. I remember one of my my early loves. Yeah. First love, I think. At least the first... A uh, girl who wrote me back saying she liked me. So oh, okay. it was that's a relationship. Well, yeah, lead, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Technically, I don't think I, I broke up with my kindergarten girlfriend. So uh, we might still be in a relationship. I just don't know about it. <laughs> Sorry. 
So the, I remember the f- the first girl I thought I was in love with. Yeah. It, uh, I thought it'd been love, but it's over now. How do you like that, Frank? It's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Roxette. Yeah. Same soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a picture of me from when we were um, at this like place we vacationed. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in the Amy Grant episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, it might have been the year Baby Baby was the big hit. And I thought... Like, we had already kind of grown apart, me and my first love. We didn't really grow apart. She sent a letter saying it was over. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to think that was a growing Yeah, there, there's no growth. That's that's a tearing apart. Yeah. But being the king of wishful thinking I was, I thought I could kind of charm my way back in. So by now, this is like grade eight, maybe. Some yeah. grade eight. No, or grade nine. Either way, I remember trying to, like kind of work my magic and just not being able to pull a rabbit out of the hat so to speak to carry the metaphor through so there's a picture of me in my brooks my brooks t-shirt i called it it's like a white shirt with a um, pink lettering that says brooks so yep. it's a uh, fluorescent yeah and th- my sister and the girl that i i was interested in are both kind of like giving like a thumbs up to the camera pointing at each yeah, other they're posing like yeah like, they, like cool girls yeah pose. they look super cool yeah and i'm there with my hands kind of reached out a little bit yeah and and giving the sitcom just kind of shrugging shrugging know? my shoulders yeah. and in my head i look super cool but i look at it oh it's not good all i can see is my gleaming braces in the sun <laughs> so uh but in my head I was King of Wishful Thinking. Yeah, that would have probably been in around the same time that this uh, the song came out. Was. I say, yeah. Thanks, Go West. I don't think I would have made it without this song. Yeah. <laughs> That's my story. That's your story? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we could be here all night just talking about uh, the girls we thought we got ourselves over but didn't. Yeah. I think I've constantly, I haven't given up my throne as the, as the King of Wishful Thinking, but uh, that's a deeper conversation for my therapist. Yeah, or a whole other podcast. Yeah. So, this song, we talked about it already working against itself, right? Yeah. Um, 1992, the next album comes out that this song finally gets featured. Oh, yeah, Indian so Summer. Two yeah. years yeah. later. Yeah. And it's this. they have Faithful, good tune. We talked about that already. But what, why do you think this, the album itself, that didn't sell well? Well, I just, I don't think it, it struck while the iron was hot. Like, I think... Everyone who really, really loved the song already had it on the uh, Pretty Woman soundtrack. So by the time the album came out two years later, they're like, well, why do I need this album? I already got the song, right? And by then, Boys to Men is ruling the charts yeah. around 1992, yeah. that era. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. late 92. And then you have like on, on for us, indie rock scene, also yeah, all grunge the, is yeah. making its big play. And so mm-hmm. this song kind of didn't have a place in this world anymore. No, no. Yeah, which is un- unfortunate because again, this song is this song's pretty fantastic, and so is Faithful, right? Like yeah. from from that from that album in '92, which uh, I, it just probably didn't have the traction because well, it was a single that came out two years after this one, right? You, you've lost all traction, I think. Yeah. which is which is unfortunate for the for the guys in Go West. But to their credit, you have a good tune. You just got to wait long enough, and people will bring it back, and yeah. it, and they're still performing. Yeah, okay. and. The lead singer, yeah, Cox, Peter Cox, yeah. Peter Cox, his voice is the same. He hasn't oh, had to it? drop the register or oh, anything. Okay. Yeah, or a key, or a, I don't know the Whatever words. Whatever it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? We talked to someone recently that explained some musical terms to us, and, and she explained what a bridge was to us. 
And and I remember, and I was thinking, just like, yes, yes. So I have to remember this. So uh, what did uh, she say? I can't remember. I can't remember at all. It's a. Uh, it, it was something about emotion and, and evoking and getting from one place to another. But she the, takes you to the end of the song. Is that what she said? Or something like, or it takes you to a different place in the song. I don't know. We need to. She's a music teacher, so I think, I think we'll maybe, need a maybe a, a questions corner, and we'll uh, we'll we'll ask her music questions. But then you know that kind of defeats the purpose, or not defeats the purpose of the podcast, but it. Works against us. I, I I think we're lovable misfits that don't know what we're saying. Well, where's the bridge? We know that there's a bridge in the yes, song. Yes, there's a bridge in the song. Yeah, yeah which I actually I, I like because right before the bridge, there's this musical like everything sort of smashes together. Yeah, like because there's a lo- there's there's a really big sound in this song, right? Like there's there's a lot of instrumentation going on, and right before the bridge, there's there's a like a musical break. And then they hit into the bridge, which is, I will never, never shed a tear for you. I'll get over you. And then the backing, I know yep. I will. Um, and and that, and like, it, it's not so, so much different from the rest of the song, but it, that was, that takes you from A to B, which I think is what a bridge does. I, I really don't understand how bridges work. And it's got the musical interlude leading yeah. to the br- musical interlude, then the bridge, bridge yeah. and then we go there. And then after the bridge, though, they they pull back on the music, and it's a little like it's a little more of a vocal sort of uh, powering the uh, verse through, which is which I, I I like that whole transition. I think that's what they called it, a transition, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like that part too. I like what he's doing with his vocals there. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid listening to it, I knew what part of the song I was at, especially at the end when he, his voice is kind of going high yeah. in some yeah. parts, low. He's got a really good voice for this. Yeah. Like he's, well, we, we get to the video, we can talk about what he looks. He reminds me a lot of, he doesn't sound like him, but he looks like Huey Lewis. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yep. so there's something about just the way he sings. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, not a dad. Yeah. Well, he really you know, seems like a dad to me. Do you, do you know? Do you know what's a lot like a dad? His dancing in the video. Yes. Well, maybe it's time. Yeah, we... I think we need to talk about the video. Yeah. Okay. Because we we mentioned, or I said that like there's a lot of instrumentation, a lot of stuff going on in in the song. There's a lot of stuff going on in this video. Well, let's start. It starts with the car coming up at the beginning, well, which it, is a it, pretty woman thing. It starts right? with them sitting in the director's chairs and setting up the whole video. Yeah, they're the, they're directing the they're, video. It's very meta. Yeah, so they're directing. They're 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 holding like tape or something, yeah, and, and they I take the the camera the, yeah, the 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 lens off or the cover off the lens. Yeah. So they're watching, and then the car rolls up, and they come out of the car. Yeah. And it's a Julia Roberts lookalike. Is, who's opening the... Who's opening the door, and then, then they get into the video. So he passes the mic yeah. to um, Mr. Cox. Peter Cox. <laughs> I got to get his name. Peter Cox. 
Drummy, Richard Drummy, Richard Drummy, Richard Drummy is then does this sort of little kind of dancing. Yeah. Which I could see myself doing in a corner when I was feeling kind of awkward or not caring about life at all Mm -hmm. during a dance that I I didn't have quite the guts to get on the floor to. But But Peter Cox. He goes for it. Oh, yeah. It's feet firmly planted on the ground, shoulders moving back and forth. There's there's like an almost snap fist going on. It's... uh, it's fantastic. He's almost dancing harder and faster than the song really deserves. Yeah. So I yeah. watched it like when I listened to it just on the radio yeah. or on the Spotify, it felt slower than I remembered it. And then yeah. I realized I was so used to the video, I just assumed it was going faster. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He gives it when he yeah. and he does it in all those videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh it's comparable to the uh to the dancing in uh, Boy Meets Girl, uh, waiting for a star to fall. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, he's doing his own thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So you got they start singing mm-hmm. on with a mic that has no cord. Yeah, and then called cordless mic. Cord, yeah, that's thanks, Frank. And then you have a hockey team playing and some dancers. Yeah. And then you have... Um, there's a mariachi band in there. There's a mariachi band. There is a just a band playing horns. They have zebras. Yeah. There is an elephant doing tricks. There's there's uh, rocks falling early on. Rocks falling um, because, early on. Because it, it was... Uh, um, what's the lyric? Uh, we were never carved in stone. And that's when the rock... Uh, when, the, when the stones fall from and, the sky. And at one point, someone's trying to break the rocks yeah, with a... Yeah, with a jackhammer yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So okay, we got zebras, we got elephants, we have a marching band. Maybe there's a there's a scene with a sailor yeah. who's got flowers. I guess that's a reference to the movie. And then he kind of trips up and starts dancing, and it's just kind of it. I don't want to say random, yeah. but it's certainly out there. I yeah. don't know what. There's Roy Orbison on a boat. Yeah, there's uh, ballet dancers in it. Pope um, John Paul II. That's right. Yeah. What? It's it's all over the place and. I'm, I'm, I, th- I think that the feeling I get is they're trying to evoke what like Los Angeles is, what LA is yeah. to, to people who know nothing about LA and f- from people that probably don't know what LA is all about. Cause, uh, there, there's a couple of scenes in it where Peter Cox is in a tank top and it kind of reminiscent, looks like uh, Bruce Willis from Die Hard, yeah. which, you know, was big and uh, it was and takes took- place in LA. Right. right. So. Like, I I think they're just trying to be Hollywood. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, and uh, he's got about four outfits. Yeah. So there's the outfit. He comes out with the there's the blue, the 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 suit, the, or the suit. jacket, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the white shirt underneath that he yeah. keeps, I think, when he has a long sleeve, just doing his dancing. Yeah. With yeah. his jeans, with the shirt tucked in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got the um, sleeveless undershirt. Yeah. Where he does his um, dancing, but in the one he has a wrench. Yes. And that wrench is a callback to their very first video. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So in those first few videos, he was dirty and like it looked like he'd been working all day with this oh, okay. wrench. So the wrench is sort of a callback to okay. his first video from like six years before. It's a it's a video transition. <laughs> is is that is that the word? Uh no, that, no. I don't think that's I don't think that's the word. <laughs> Someone explain to me how videos work. Yeah. Now uh the end of the video has a bunch of kitchen sinks falling down. That's right, yeah. And so here's the theme. They threw everything at you, including the kitchen sink. Which makes sense. 
because he's the king of wishful thinking. He'll do anything he needs to get over her, and so he throws everything he can. You really thought about this video. I did. And, the, and I all the guys- I just looked at it and thought it was crazy. Yeah, it took me a while, but I finally, it finally came to me that this is what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite a deep song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. So you had a theory, though, about- I did? Uh, not a theory. Let me try that again. <laughs> you, you had a pretty apt comparison for this song to an actor. Could you oh, bring yeah. that to the table? Um, yeah. So- the song in itself is uh and and i mean this in the most respectful way is it's it's non-offensive it's innocuous right it's paul rudd paul rudd is just a likable guy from from like in the movies that i i've seen him in he's always that likable guy and i mean you watch paul rudd on conan is hilarious right and, mm-hmm. and but yeah this song is 1990s paul rudd who actually looks like 2021 Paul Rudd, because I don't think the man's aged. And it's especially fitting because of the Jimmy Fallon episode. Yeah, because Jimmy Fallon and, and Paul Rudd did a, a shot for shot remake of the uh of this video with the, with them singing. And Paul Rudd's got some singing chops here. He can he can do a pretty good Peter Cox impersonation. And the great thing is it's a comedy kind of, but it, because the video is so ridiculous, yeah. it's hard to tell if it's just an homage well it is it is an homage but it also works well for comedy yeah exactly right rudd had a good point uh that he brought up after they showed the video and he's on jimmy fallon yeah he said do you think there were storyboards to that video they really went into a white empty space and said we have hockey players we got ballet dancers we have a guy that kind of looks like roy orbison on a catamaran (laughs) so i thought that was kind of a pretty apt thing saying so who came up with this video like this is they just threw this is an expensive video. Yeah. They just threw as much money as yeah. they could at it. Including the kitchen sink. Well, I guess because it's a second single for the Pretty Woman soundtrack. And Pretty Woman okay. made way more money than they thought it would. Yeah. And the soundtrack made way more money than they thought it yeah. would. So maybe they just sort of like carte blanche. Here you go. Yeah. Categories, Frank? Categories. All right. Well, you've got mixtape ready, don't you? Well, I've uh, I've done a little bit of research here and not necessarily same theme in terms of uh, uh, l- lyrics and, and meaning of the song, but uh, same sort of feel about the song. Like a, it it has the same uh, feel. What's another good word for feel? <laughs> for feel. Emote. Emote. Yeah, I don't sure. know. Is that someone know. feeling or giving emote? Well, no, I'm not talking about like feelings, but like, you know, texture of the song. Oh, okay. I think texture is a good word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Same texture of the song. Yeah, okay. So I would say Eric Carmen, Make Me Lose Control. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Good call. And the other one would be uh, Taylor Dane, I'll Be Your Shelter. Oh, that's good too. I think right. similar textures. Okay, that's good. All right. I was thinking kind of same theme and same sound. I have one yeah, okay. to add. Sound, that's the sound. Yeah. That's the word I was looking oh, for. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's uh, Matthew Wilds or Matthew Wilder. Uh, the song is Break My Stride. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect yeah, yeah. Song that would, would match this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And on the flip side, you could throw in, I, I've brought this up before, Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me, <laughs> just to sort of be the, the dark side of the King of Wishful Thinking. When, when are we going to do that song as an episode? It's got to be this it's, year. Yeah. 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 Um, what product could you sell using this song? Oh, King of Wishful Thinking. I'm thinking uh, deodorant. So someone could be dancing like Peter Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> you got it, Bill. They're dancing like Peter Cox, holding the wrench, singing wishful thinking, yeah. but lifting their arms up. But because they've used deodorant, yeah. they, they could be the king of wishful thinking. Yeah. I was thinking like something like mind control. <laughs> Can you sell mind control with this yeah. song? Uh, you could. I wonder. So maybe it would be for uh, therapy. Yes. The, like a therapist. Yes. That would uh, we cut out the thing about fooling himself. Yeah. I'll get over you. I know I will. Yeah. I know you will too. Welcome yeah. to yeah. marriage. or uh, <laughs> marriage. That's, that's not a good marriage counselor, no, I don't no. think. Yeah. yeah. Lo- a love coach. Yeah. A love coach could use this A mind song. controller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are other categories? Well, I mean, I think it's, I think this is a, it's a karaoke song. Yeah. Because I think the bar would sing along. Well, I don't think I've I've ever been in a in a public place when this song has been played and people aren't at the very least humming and singing it quietly to themselves. Do you think Austin could do a karaoke to this or would karaoke this? Oh, I think he'd definitely try. Yeah, but there's no question. Yeah. <laughs> Austin's never seen a song he wouldn't go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would. I think this is an Austin karaoke yeah. song. There's a... Oh, I just And this just came to me because, um, I mean, they're both British, but uh, there's a bit of a uh, Rick Astley feel about the about the band. That, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think Rick Astley would do this in karaoke. Yeah. If so, he wasn't singing his own songs. So that could be... Co- so for cover artists... Yeah. Oh yeah, Rick Astley would sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Bolton. I think he could do this. Yeah, I think this would be a good encore. There's a lot of power to the song, right? So I think that it's right in his wheelhouse. I mean, I think he'll like, you know, hit the limits of it. He'll blow through the limits of it. But uh, that's what Michael Bolton does. That's his superpower. Now the flip side, there's an artist who did a cover this, and she did not blow the limits of this. Who is that? Carly Rae Jepsen's cover. Of King of Wishful Thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, why did I forget about yeah. that? So how are you feeling about her cover? Okay, full disclosure, and I know people are, are sick of me saying this, but like, I kind of like everything that she does. I really do. This song is, like I said, it's innocuous, and she didn't change too much about that, right? Like, yeah. she, I think she she kept true to the feeling of the song. Yeah. And this this song is like... Again, right in her wheelhouse when it comes to um, lyrical topics, because she's always, you know, pining over a boy or whatever. And then in this song, she's trying to convince herself that she's, well, over a boy, right? So, yeah. Carly Ray, if you're listening to this, we need you on this podcast. So we, you, can, you can explain all, all these things to us and also explain what a bridge is.
So I feel like it's a, this is a good song. If if this is the new year for you, if you're listening to this uh, and the new year is upon you, well, this is a good one to throw on. Even think about any part of your life. Things are going wrong. Yeah. You know what? Throw it down. Yeah. There is an optimism uh, about the song in terms of the uh, feel of it, the texture of it. I think we just came up with a new term for for the podcast. The texture. Yeah. Yeah. So what texture does this song? What does the song feel like when you touch it, Frank? doesn't feel as dirty as what you just said to me. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It feels comfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like it feels... it, it's like a nice it's like a nice like comfy sweater. So it's plush velour, um maybe uh like what? I said it's not dirty, Bill. Okay, it's not sorry. velour. Okay. How about uh is it felt? Is that in fa- is that what they call it? What's the what am I wearing? I don't know. I'm wearing angora. I'm pretty sure that's a woman's sweater. It is. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's a comfortable hoodie. Comfortable. Okay. That, that's Just, what the song is, okay. right? Yeah. It, it's it's the Paul Rudd. It's the Paul Rudd yeah. of, of pop songs. Yeah. I just got a text right now. Oh, okay. From Chris Newkirk. Yeah? Who said he wants to talk about this song. Okay. So we got to talk to him about this song. Yeah. So, so I think this is a good transition to talk to Chris Newkirk. Do, yeah. we, do we think he liked this song? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say no, just because I want to add some tension. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're wrong, Bill. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to Chris Newkirk and see what he's got to uh, tell us. Well, it's great to have Chris Newkirk back with us again. Welcome back, Chris. Thanks, Bill and Frank. (laughs) I've been working on my podcast voice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's fake <laughs> and lovely. Yeah. So we we looked at King of Wishful Thinking by Go West, and Frank and I aren't sure if you're going to like it. I kind of like it in as much as I like the far superior song it rips off. Okay. Um, and so that song is so good that this one can't be bad. So what what song is it ripping off? She drives me crazy by Fine Young Cannibals. Oh, good call. Good call. Actually, I think they were thinking about that song when they wrote it. I thought I had heard that somewhere. That was kind of in their mind when they wrote the song. Well, they're all from England, so it was probably, you know. It was a big hit then. And then that was, I think, when was, when was She Drives You Crazy? That must have been mid to late 80s. They probably wrote this late 80s, right? And it was released in 90. It was released first. for the movie in 1990, but it well, was on their on their album in 92. But I I, I think she I drives me it. crazy was a 89 song. My brother had the single uh, King of Wishful Thinking. Oh, okay, 
so back in those days in in the 19 the days of 1990 <laughs> i obviously was buying a lot of music then and my brother wasn't so into music brian he was um he's one year younger than me and i think we were trying to bond and go to like a record store and trying to get him to get something you like music come on just get something and i remember <laughs> bought king of wishful thinking by go west and i remember existing in a place like i'm gonna like this song because he picked this and we're gonna play it in his truck and we're gonna listen to it and sing along to it and uh, yeah so it's a bit nostalgic for me too because probably because of that and probably because i we did play it and, and sing along to it and in all fairness i mean those melodies are pretty hooky they're big i feel like the whole song is a canvas for just the melodies there's no distinguishable parts of the song it's like this rhythmic canvas that rips off fun young cannibals mm -hmm. but yeah i kind of like it it's a poor man's she drives me crazy and there are worse things a song could be Okay, so well, that was Chris's take on on the song, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the song. So please reach out to us. Yeah, we'll be sitting here, the kings of wishful thinking, looking at our phones. Yeah, waiting, waiting. So thank you for listening, and I guess Bill and I are going to uh, go west. <laughs>